Hello and welcome to Beyond the To-Do List, the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. I'm your host, Eric Fisher. This week, I'm talking with a fellow productivity podcaster, Laura McClellan of The Productive Woman. We're going to talk about tips and tricks and tools and how she got into productivity and what her approach is. And that's going to be awesome. It's always cool to geek out with productivity with a fellow productivity person as well as a fellow productivity podcaster. Before we get into that, I want to say thank you to FreshBooks for supporting this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. FreshBooks has an awesome all-new version of their cloud accounting software. It's been redesigned from the ground up and custom-built for how you work. With FreshBooks, it's ridiculously easy to create and send professional-looking invoices in less than 30 seconds. You can set up online payments with just a couple of clicks and get paid up to four days faster. And what's cool is you can actually see when a client has seen your invoice so that you're not guessing whether they've seen it yet or not. And you can then do a quick follow-up, you know, within reason. It doesn't take all the awkwardness away, but it takes a lot of it away. Trust me. FreshBooks is offering a free 30-day unrestricted trial to my listeners. To claim it, go to freshbooks.com slash to-do and enter beyond the to-do list in the How Did You Hear About Us section. That's freshbooks.com slash T-O-D-O and enter beyond the to-do list in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Grab that 30-day free trial, send those invoices that you've been meaning to send, and get paid. All right, enjoy this conversation with Laura McClellan. Well, this week, it is my privilege to welcome the host of The Productive Woman, Laura McClellan, and fellow... Uh, network uh, podcast co-host. I don't know. I don't know if there's a better way to say that, but her show, The Productive Woman, is also on the Noodle Mix Network. So welcome to the show, Laura. Well, thanks, Eric. I am honored and delighted to be here. So The Productive Woman, for people who have not checked it out, you, you don't run that as if you are the productive woman, although I know you are a very productive woman. Uh, you run it from an from the uh, the perspective of you're not the expert. You're not interviewing experts, although you have guests on the show. What is the purpose of the show? What's the workflow of the show? You've been doing it now for how long? Two years, a little over two years. So, and I mean, that's the interesting thing. I I am so glad you didn't introduce me as the productive woman <laughs> because people do that periodically. And I I host a show called the Productive Woman. I don't consider myself the productive woman. But the purpose of the show always has been exactly what I say at the beginning of every episode. My goal is to provide the listeners with the tools and encouragement they need to accomplish the things they care about and and make a life that matters. So that's the sole purpose for that podcast. Right. And, And you've been doing that now for almost two years, which is crazy. I've been doing this for almost four. And again, people look to me as being a productivity expert. It's just that I've earned that, so to speak, from talking to all these productivity experts. So I think you get a little bit of that rubbed off on yourself too now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. I mean, I've, I've been doing it for so long. And uh, before that, I've always been kind of a productivity nerd, I guess. Uh, I clear back into middle school, I liked reading books about time management and coming up with calendars and charts and checklists and stuff. So I've certainly been studying it for a long time and trying to implement it in my life. Uh, but 
when you talk to lots of people about productivity, I guess you sort of get that uh, designation as as knowing something about it. Yeah. So, so, so you got you were interested in productivity, or you know, I don't even know if it was really called that. It was kind of I, I think it was somewhere in the in the '90s, late '90s, where the word productivity started to become the commonplace you know, the placeholder for all of those kinds of things like time management and organization and things like that. But you were interested in this even way back then. Yeah. Even before that, you're absolutely right. We didn't think of it as productivity. It was time management or, um, organization. Those two things are part of productivity, but we've come, we've kind of come a long way. What is your definition or how do you describe to somebody when someone, someone asks, Hey, I do a show about productivity how do you describe that to them? Yeah, well, I mean, you're right. There, there certainly are lots of components of it. And the ones that people think of are the time management kinds of things or the organization kinds of things. But to me, and I think when I started the show, I still thought of it in that way, that productivity was about, you know, checking things off your to-do list. But as, you know, your show, Beyond the To-Do List, is acknowledges it's so much more than that. And when... I think over the course of the two years I've been doing this, my definition has evolved. And when someone asks me, what does it mean to be productive? The answer I give them is it means being able to order your life in such a way as to maximize your positive impact on the world around you. And whether that's the world at large or, you know, the world inside the four walls of your home, it's all about identifying the things that matter to you getting those things done and making sure that you have time in your life to do the things that matter most to you and to have a positive impact on the world. I hear a thread of intentionality coming through in that description. Is that true? Yes. Yeah, that has become such a thing. Uh, You know, lots of people talk about it and maybe as part of the research I've done over the last, especially the last year or so for the show, it has come up more and more. And I think as I get older, it becomes more and more important to me to be intentional about what I'm doing. I think it's such a key component to living a meaningfully productive life to do things on purpose and not just by default. All right. So I'm going to go to the, the, uh, the controversial air section of this conversation. <laughs> the, the title of your show is The Productive Woman. Are only women listening to your show or is your show only for women? No and no. Uh, (laughs) The title was really almost an accident. Before I started the podcast, like six, six or seven months before, I had started thinking about doing it. And I took Cliff Ravenscraft's online podcasting A to Z course. I know you know him and have worked with him. And I think that's where I first learned about you and your podcast was from listening to his. But For those who've gone through that course, you know that the first assignment is to give him some information about the show you have in mind, including a title. And I had to come up with something. And so I threw it out there. And I actually, when I sent him the assignment, uh, I said, this is the title. It's not a very good title. I'll come up with something better later. But it just stuck. But I have, I, I know for a fact that there are lots of men who listen. I hear from them. I get feedback from them. And I, they are more than welcome. We don't talk about girl things on the show. <laughs> but here's the thing. Uh, I think, well, it'd be, it'd be, it would be foolish of me to say that 
men and women aren't different. And so I think one of the strengths that maybe you have coming through here is there's not a lot of female podcasters that are talking about productivity or have a show specifically about productivity, let alone the fact that there's, there's few, there's very few productivity podcasts in general. So you're approaching it from a female perspective and let's talk about this. Like what is the difference? I mean, there's no just, well, men see it this way and women see it this way. and, And if I had to venture a guess, I would say maybe it comes down, maybe it comes down to the dishwasher, (laughs) <laughs> and what I say, what I mean by that is my, well, we don't have a dishwasher now. We used to, the place we have now doesn't have one, but the way we, way it used to be is I would load it and it was loaded enough or loaded well enough or lo- it was done. My wife, however, had a specific way that it had to be loaded that was optimized. <laughs> and that right there is kind of where I'm going with this. Yeah, I, and I've been asked more than once, why a podcast called The Productive Woman? What, what is the difference? And I think, I think you and I would agree that the, the principles of productivity are the same across the board. But I think um, women's experience of things related to productivity is different. And, you know, our mutual friend, Mike Vardy, and I had a conversation about this, oh, I don't know, last year, maybe. This is my theory. And I'm still sort of, I'm open to discussion about this. But I think there's a commonality among women that there is a right way to do things. And that we often feel like whatever it is we're doing, we're, we're doing it not quite right. Mm. And and I don't think men think about it in those terms, at least. And I hate to generalize because there, of course, right. are exceptions to every rule. But men seem to tend to think, you know what, if it's working for me, it's good. It's fine. And women seem to have this imposter syndrome in a way that not so many men suffer from. And so a lot of my show ends up being exploring that because I suffer from it. And um, having conversations with my guests and with listeners about the fact that, you know, what you're doing, it's fine. If it's working for you, it's fine. (laughs) Yeah, I I think that that's one of the things. I mean, I've talked to I don't know how many people now over the course of four years. And it always comes down to, for me, there's there's no one right way to do it. Right. I think, and I think that describes it to a T right there, is like there's, there are principles, how much of the principle or how much of applying a certain principle to your workflow, your life, et cetera, how much that impacts it is fine, but if it's only a 20% or 30% and you still do it and it makes some impact, that's great, or try this other thing, or try this other thing, and I know that sounds a lot like the whole, hey, try this app, no, try this app. How, yeah. Which app is which app works best for you? Well, I don't know. I don't know you. <laughs> Let's talk about that. You know, <laughs> yeah, that, which is the right to do list? What's the best to do app? Exactly. We all hear those questions. Yeah, but I I I, I kind of tend to fall on the side of there is no one right way that things get done because everybody's different. Everybody has different roles, different expectations, different agreements that they've made, and different seasons of life for that matter. Yeah, so absolutely. So it's never going to, you know, one one system or one perspective is never going to work for every single person across the populace right now. It's always going to change. And hence, that's why I keep doing the show. 
Yeah, you would think. I, I have to say that when I first launched the show, I wondered if I would have enough things to talk about to keep it going. And, uh, you know, it, it, watching you, especially watching people like you and Mike and, uh, and the other people that talk about these things, there was, you know, it's become clear that there is an endless variety of ways of looking at these things and of, of things that we can talk about, because not just different jobs and different roles and all the things you talked about, but different personalities and different learning styles and different working styles, all that comes into what what's going to work or not work for an individual person. Yes, exactly. And, and there's even things that, that, again, that have worked for me at one point, don't work for any, me anymore, may come back into, or I have, I know this for a fact, I've readopted some things that I had let go of a long time ago, and then those worked for me again. And I, I think we're talking about not just the difference between, you know, men and women, but also productivity styles, learning styles, like you mentioned. Yes. So. You are yeah. not only uh, a woman, but you're a lawyer, and that is a whole other thing. Like I can't, I honestly, I can't even get into that. And and actually, one of the other shows that uh, the productivity, sh- I guess it's not necessarily a productivity show, but it is a Mac show and the the Mac uh, Power Users show. Where yeah, are they both lawyers or just one of them? They're both lawyers. They're both it's lawyers. my it yes. is my favorite podcast of all time. It 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 hits every geeky trigger for me because it's two lawyers on, you know, opposite coasts of the country, a man and a woman, and they're talking about, you know, just geeky tech tools and Mac stuff. And I'm a a Mac fan girl. And I've spent so much money because of those two. (laughs) Thank you, uh, David Sparks. And David's been on the show twice before. So I've not had, um, I forget her name. Katie. Katie's been on my show. And she's she's awesome. I I love the dynamic between those two because they really, they've come at it from very different perspectives. But, uh, uh, you know, they both bring something really unique to the conversation about all this stuff that they talk about. Yeah, I'll make sure to uh, link up the episodes from um, David and Katie that uh, I've done and you've done in the show notes for this episode, as well as their show. Yeah. Um, But you you have this unique thing where you've got you're doing the podcast outside of, you know, your the your your day job, your lawyer position. And when you enter into that position, it's almost I mean, I envision it. You correct me if I'm wrong, but I see it as almost like it's a silo where you walk into that and everything about that position stays there. Although I know you do work outside of the office, too. Yeah. But uh, what's the setup like there? Like, how do you, you know, as much as you're legally able to tell us, um, how does your how does your day job setup get put in in perspective here? Well, I mean, I you know, I work at an office. Uh, I'm I'm a lawyer, a real estate lawyer in the Dallas office of a very large international law firm. And so I, you know, I go in. I have my routines in the morning. I'm I'm very much into. Um, setting up routines because I don't, then I don't have to think about what I'm doing next. And so I have my kind of rituals that I do when I get to the office. I have the geekiest law office setup of anybody at my firm because I have three big screens, computer screens oh, on wow. my desk. I use them for very specific things to get my work done. And I have to remain productive there uh, because I have client needs that I have to tend to. I have administrative things I have to do. I have training of the associate that works with me and, you know, just the ongoing legal education. But 
you know, I have my project list that I work from. I have a constant battle to to not let email take over my life because so much of what I do is via email. So there, I'm not sure what you know what specifically you want to know about how how it works there, but it's it's a it's long days and a lot of things that need to get done. And it's part of why I launched the podcast, actually. I wanted to do something that was not related to to my law practice. Mm -hmm. And this was just something fun to do. Now, I know you're a Mac enthusiast, but I'm assuming you don't get to use your Mac stuff at your day job. No, I don't. And how do you make that work? Yeah, I well, and I've had to try different things over time because I, you know, we have to use a Windows based PC. It's a laptop and I, I I don't love it, uh, but it's just that's how we have to work. And so uh, I have my calendar because I live and die by my calendar. Every event, every commitment I make that's time-specific has to go into my calendar, and I have alerts set up to ding at me. And, you know, the joke in my office is when my calendar dings at me, I get up and go where it tells me to go. And if it, do- if it doesn't ding, I'm not going anywhere because I'm head down trying to get, you know, documents drafted or whatever. But that syncs across to my iPhone and my iPad. So wherever I am, I can see what my commitments are and not, and because I feed everything into the calendars that I have on my phone and my iPad, I can see both my personal and uh, professional appointments and things there. I had to struggle to find a task manager that was going to work for me because I've been using OmniFocus for several years but I can't use that on my Windows-based PC. And so I discovered Nosby and have liked that a lot because I can use it on both platforms and see my projects and tasks no matter where I am. So Yeah, that's, that's one, kinda, of the, it's one of the reasons I like it too, although I don't have any reason to switch over from any of my Mac. I am all Mac through and through, and it's just because that's where I've migrated to and it works best for me and... Yeah. I can't imagine going back because honestly, I'm lost when my wife, who has a work laptop, uh, and it's like Windows Seven or something. I don't know. Anyway, it's one of those. It's one of those Windows that's passed where I used to know what to do, and it's like I don't <laughs> know how to help you here anymore. Sorry. Here, let's crack open the home uh, old MacBook, <laughs> and you can log yeah. in your email there, and then I can help you. So, yeah, one of the happiest days of my year this year was the day when um, Smile Software finally released the beta for uh, Text Expander on yes. PCs because I, you know, I use Text Expander all the time on my Mac and in my uh, iOS devices, but I couldn't use it at the office. And I would find myself typing and, you know, the thing muscle memory is being what it is. I'd type out my snippets and it's like, wait, it doesn't expand. Uh, but because as a lawyer, our computers are very locked down. I can't put anything, any software on the work computer without getting the IT guys involved. And I had to go through all this uh, rigmarole to get approval for it, to explain to them what it was and why I needed it. Uh, and then finally to get it loaded onto my computer and, and the security settings changed so that it could work because, you know, it... it um, it kind of interfaces with the operating system yeah. to be able to work in all the different apps. But once, I mean, literally, Eric, it was so, I, it was kind of embarrassing because I am such a geek about this kind of stuff. The first time I was able to type a snippet on my work 
PC and it expanded, I laughed out loud and did a little happy dance. I was so happy because <laughs> awesome. it's just such a, a, a huge time saver for me. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. And I had, uh, what's his name? Greg, uh, Scounds, Scoins. I forget. I, I'm forgetting how to say his name, but he, the head of text expander. And this yeah. is back before they had done switched over to the new version that they have now that is cross platform and subscription based, but still the same fundamentals are there. And we walked through it and it was just like, this is a no brainer people. Like it yeah. does save you time. I've even kind of done an overhaul of my text expander uh, snippets in the past month, and I'm still kind of adding new ones in now that I'm more aware of. It's 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 a it's a system. It's a it's a not an amoeba, but uh, what's the word? like a I don't know free flowing. Anyway, it's a system yeah. that that changes over time. So. Well, yeah, and you learn new ways to to use it. I don't know why anybody wouldn't try text expander or the, there are some other alternatives. I just don't know what they are. I had Maya Olson from smile on my show earlier this year and she kind of, she kind of hinted, this was like in April, I think. And oh, she kind of yeah. hinted that something was happening, but she couldn't tell me. <laughs> and it was, I think the, the episode actually came out like the week after they had uh, announced it and released oh, wow. it. I'm like, Maya, how could you not tell me? Yeah, at least offline. Like, yeah, yeah. But no, but I like it. I awesome. I have since upgraded to the new system and all of that. Mm-hmm. And I I just think you know what? Like, I'm locked in at a lower price ongoing. I don't yeah. care. I'm gonna do the annual plan. I it's it for me. And I think I even talked about this with like Steve Dotto and Mike Vardy at one point on our old like weekly blab show. I said, look, every time they came out with a new version, I upgraded. And it was yeah. always in through through upgrade pricing. And what it came down to was about 40-something every time. And it was every other year or so. And this is basically on par with that. So yeah. there's no difference. Like, now they're at least getting money consistently. That's a good thing. Let's do this. So. Yeah, I, I, I have to admit that when they first announced that it was going to a subscription you know, model – I I kind of objected just because a I didn't need the team feature of it, but b I you, you can get sort of overloaded with subscriptions and end up paying you know several hundred right. dollars a year when they add up. But yeah. I did eventually switch over to it, and it's you're you're absolutely right, especially when they announced what they were doing for the you know, the longtime users mm-hmm. and that locked in lower, the grandfather price, so to yeah. speak. I mean, they flubbed, the, they flubbed the PR a bit when they first did it, but you know, whatever. They dealt with it. They were nimble yeah. enough to deal with, to recognize what the issues were. And they're such a great company. They are. And I liked, I liked them all along. I wasn't mad at anybody. I just, you know, it, I wasn't sure it was going to work for me. And I think I let them know that, but yeah. Um, but I, you know, I since switched over to that model and I love how it syncs and I, you know, I'm constantly finding new snippets to make my life easier. And it's just one of those apps that I use all the time, all the time. Yeah. So you like Nosby, you like, uh, text expander. What else are some of your favorite tools? Hmm. As far as software kinds of things, I, I love BusyCal. That's yep. what I use for I use my calendar. Too. Yeah, I just like the look of it better than the than the native Apple calendar. All the usual suspects. I I couldn't function without Dropbox. I use Evernote a lot. I have that's kind of my external digital brain. 
I'm loving this. This is sort of a silly thing, but you know, when you do a podcast and you have to do, you, you know, you do posts and you want to do some social media to let people know I've been using Adobe spark posts to oh, create yeah. those because I am artistically challenged and that's putting it kindly. Um, <laughs> And it's just one of, I had used Canva before, but what I love about Adobe Spark is it lets you create an image specific, you know, size, whether it's for Facebook or whatever. And then with a click of a button, it'll change, you know, resize it for Pinterest or resize it for Twitter. And so you can, I can get it done very quickly. And they have all these tools within the app that, um, make it easy for me to make them look pretty decent. I, I still can mess them up because I really am artistically <laughs> challenged. But for the most part, they make it pretty easy to, you know, put colors together that work and fonts and all that kind of stuff that I struggle with. And yeah, so I've, I've played with that a bit. It's got some pretty good guardrails in there, so you can't mess it up too much, you know. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah, I like that one. I'm going to have to try that out a little bit more. I haven't been doing much in terms of artwork for the show because I, I typically throw the, the picture of the, the person, whoever's been on the show, in the in the, the post, and that's good enough for me, you know. Yeah, I, and that's the – it's easier for me when, for the episodes when I do have a guest because obviously that's the key image that I'm dealing with. But it's fun to have tools to kind of play around with. I'm trying to think – what else? I'm looking on um, the dock on my computer and on my phone to see what what other tools I use. I've as as far as task managers, I have played around with Todoist as well. Mm-hmm. My justification for trying these different things is, well, I have to talk, you know, research right. them for my <laughs> for my listeners. But I just like playing with them. So those yeah. are you know some of the ones that I that I really love and use all the time. I use PDF. A pen for mm. dealing with the, I have the pro I upgraded to pro like two years ago and have stuck with that. It's just so great for dealing with PDFs, which as a lawyer, I have to do all the time. And I have, we have Adobe on our work PC, but honestly, when I need to really do something, I send it over to my Mac because I always have my MacBook pro sitting on my desk next to my, that's the other thing I, you know, besides having my work computer there, I always have my Mac nearby. I know that you we, – we talked a bunch about the Apple Watch uh, mm-hmm. a while ago. They've done that recent update, which has kind of changed things. What do you think of that? The, the update of the phone – of the watch itself or yeah. of the operating system? Well, I, the, the operating know, system itself, I don't – you still have the, the first generation. I have the first I, gen. Yeah, I still have the first generation because I'm fighting the urge to – to get a new one. I really don't need a new one because the one I have is working well. And the, the upgrade in the OS for the watch is really, I I think it's sped up its functionality. I I love it. I, it's, you know, the first thing I do every morning is put it on. It keeps me moving. Uh, You know, one of the things I love about the watch is the activity circles. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I have been known to get to the end of a day and look at the, you know, the outer one for movement and realize I'm still just a few calories away from closing it and to get actually get out of bed and like walk around my house (laughs) until until I complete the circle. So the system they've got there works for me, but yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, I've noticed that uh, I'm seeing almost no spinning anything when I'm I'm not I'm not waiting on things as much anymore. And I think the the dock being able to press that button and have the dock pop up and just swipe yeah. through stuff to the the most used apps is 
it's changed the way that I use the watch in a way. And so, yeah, yeah. I, I don't <laughs> so think I you, need an upgrade. Have you, and I don't think I do either. Like I said, I, I, I kind of want one, but I, I've been going back and forth about getting a, one of the iPad pros uh-huh. and I just haven't pulled the trigger on that yet. Every time I listen to Mac power users, David almost pushes me over the edge to buy <laughs> one. So I'm, I may have to quit listening to that show because yeah. it's going to bankrupt me, but I just can't justify getting a new watch yet because this one works so well. It does everything I need it to do. I have to ask, have you ever answered a phone call on your watch? I have. Yes. Don't you feel a little bit Dick Tracy doing that? I do, I do. (laughs) It's particularly good for when you're driving. Yeah. Because then you're not tapping and then turning on speaker mode. You're literally, like your wrist's already right there in front of you and you're still in your field of vision for proper safety driving. And you just reach with, you, you know, the hand that's on the wheel is the one that you keep there that's the one that has the watch on and the other one you just kind of tap over and hit the green. And then you put both hands back at 10 and 2. Yeah. And you just keep ta- you talk, and they can't tell. Oh, yeah, they don't I, know they are talking to you through a watch. And I've done it a couple of times. It's also real handy if you're, uh, you know, if your phone's across the room or you're like I've done it a couple of times when I was unloading groceries from the car, so my hands were full and my phone rang, and I've you know I've just answered it on the watch. But I always feel just a little bit to Dick Tracy. I yeah. don't know if young, young people know who that is, I know but who that is. I'm not that young. <laughs> so yeah. Um, one of the things I was going to ask you, and I think this is probably, uh, you know, unique to, to you with your perspective is you get a lot of questions or at least maybe a lot of objections from people who kind of, they're used to me and Mike Vardy and a few others who are out there and they kind of lump us in as this, you know, world of productivity guys who work from home and, we can order our schedule however we want to, but that's not realistic. And and what is your response to that? There's some truth to it. I think the productivity space, and I didn't really think about this. It wasn't a motivation for me in launching the podcast or anything like that. But the productivity space seems to be kind of dominated by young guys who are working for themselves and, and do have that kind of control over their schedule in a way that somebody like me doesn't. I mean, as a lawyer, as a you know partner level attorney, I do have a certain amount of control over my day to day schedule. But I'm not. Uh, I still have to go into an office. I still have to deal with all the things there. And a lot of my listeners are in similar kinds of positions. And so th- there, there really is. It is a different experience than someone who is working from because. Mike Vardy and I had a conversation about this early on about, you know, because his, his, um, he talks about theming your days and my question to him and it was, I wasn't challenging him. I was really trying to think through, all right, how does that work for somebody who has to go into an office or, or a store or wherever they work and their days are not their own. And, you know, he had a good answer for that. And I, and I think, you know, you just really have to look at, take what you can learn from you guys that are working from home and, and see how it can apply to your life to make your day a little easier. Yeah. Well, so for me, the perspective is this, is I, I work from home, but less now than ever before, I still don't work at an office. In fact, right now I'm sitting in a co-working space talking to you Yeah. and I have a commute now again, sort of, 
and I, it's not like I'm home and then move out to my office in the garage like I used to and back and forth or can just say, hey, this is what I'm, I'm going to decide I need to do all day. It, I still have, because I have a day job, m- very much unlike Mike Vardy, who can theme his days and then it's his days and it's his business. I do the podcast on the side. I have a day job and I yeah. still have certain things that have to get done. And so I think people need to hear that. They need to hear that, look, there are expectations that your employer has of you. It is yeah. still up to you to make sure that those expectations are met. But there's a freedom still, I think, that most people don't grab hold of, which is to focus your time or chunk your time in certain ways to be most optimal towards those expectations yeah. by saying, hey, I'm, gonna, I'm going to work on such and such for most of the day or half of the day this day and this day because I know that you know my time of day for creativity or other different functions like that is best at this time, this day, etc. based on you know standard meetings that are plugged in that I have no control over. Anyway, you see where I'm going. Yeah, and, and I absolutely agree. And this co- sort of cycles back to the intentionality thing that we talked about earlier in this conversation, that some of this comes with knowing yourself, knowing uh, how you work, how you and how you work best, and how you can meld that with the expectations of your employer, your clients, or you know your customers. However you work. So for me, for instance, this is an example. I you know there are meetings that are planned for me that I can't do anything about, but I know myself as an introvert. I do better if I save the you know the first thing in the morning. I. Uh, have time alone to kind of think through my day and do certain things. And so when I, when it's within my control and somebody wants to schedule a meeting, I offer them times later in the day so that I don't start out my day with a conference call that throws me off my routine for the rest of the day, where an extrovert may like having those meetings first thing in the day because they're energized by interacting with people. So some of that just comes from knowing yourself, knowing what kind of person you are, knowing how you work best, and and, uh, to the extent you can, making that, you know, making those adjustments to your work day to accommodate that. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And I assume that you you deal with that because uh, you are, again, in an office. And so you don't necessarily get to dictate all of your time. But you have – I think what you probably do, and you can confirm this, is you probably have enough of a structure set up that it keeps you on track and keeps you moving forward at all times. But you have – space and or wiggle room allowed outside of that structure for the freedom that, you know, hey, if somebody needs you to come help them with something, a coworker example, um, that you're able to do that or you know when you're able to do that. Yeah, I can look at my calendar and say, here's the time I have available uh, or here's what I need to move because if something urgent you know, or important right. comes up that needs my immediate attention because I've got the, the infrastructure in place. I can look at my calendar when someone calls me for a meeting or, you know, wants to schedule a call or needs something from me and say, here are the windows of time I have available. Or if it's really urgent, okay, look at my calendar. I'm going to move this thing over to, you know, tomorrow afternoon to free up the time today. I try not to let things get, right down to the wire of the deadline because any, you know, 
anytime you do that, uh, something's going to happen to throw off your schedule and then you're going to miss your deadline. So it's those kinds of things, being intentional and thinking about um, how life really works. <laughs> uh, you know, that you can have, as they say, the best laid plans of mice and men are often gone astray. And so you, you just have to know that things come up, either interruptions happen or technology fails you and you lose time. So planning ahead for that and, and whatever the, you know, the external deadline is planning to have the project done before that. So you've got some space in case the unexpected happens. All those kinds of things help us to be productive, both in the sense of checking things off our to-do list, but also in that sense of making a meaningful life of, of getting the things done that really matter to you. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I think that's uh, probably a good place to land here. So I, I would love to direct tons of people, all of my listeners, that haven't checked that, aren't already listening to your show. I want them to go check it out. So where can they find you and the show? Uh, the easiest, I mean, the show's in iTunes and on Stitcher and various places, but the easiest way to find me and find the other ways of getting a hold of me would be on the website, and that's at theproductivewoman.com. And there are links there to, you know, for email and how to find me on Twitter. And I'm, I'm in all the usual places. Right. Awesome. Well, Laura, this has been fun. And uh, again, we're on the same podcast network. So feel free and feel safe to step on over and listen to Laura's show as well as mine moving forward. Okay. Uh, Laura, thanks for being here. Oh, thank you for having me, Eric. This was f- so much fun. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Laura McClellan of theproductivewoman.com. And that's where you can go, actually, to subscribe to her show. Check out her episodes. If you're looking for another productivity podcast, there's not that many of them. I mean, there's more than there used to be, obviously. Theproductivewoman.com is where you can find her show. And I hope you also head on over to freshbooks.com slash to-do and enter beyond the to-do list in the How Did You Hear About Us section so you can grab your free, unrestricted 30-day trial of FreshBooks, the online invoice and getting paid system. I don't know I don't know a better way of calling it anything other than that. It, it's the getting paid system. You get paid for doing your work and it facilitates that. It keeps you productive and organized and makes sure you do get paid. So anyway, freshbooks.com slash to-do. Enter beyond the to-do list in the How Did You Hear About Us section and get that free 30-day trial. It's interesting to me that that there's all these free 30-day trials out there for things. And I I think it's, you probably hear about it over and over and over again. Why not try it this time, this time that you've heard it and see if you don't get paid more and faster. Again, freshbooks.com slash to-do beyond the to-do list in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I have been your host, Eric Fisher, and I hope you enjoyed this, and I will see you next episode. Beyond the To-Do List is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, 
laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.